Broadcasting from the studios of Business Radio X, it's time for Advisory Insights, brought to you by Oberman Law Firm, serving clients nationwide with tailored service and exceptional results. Now, here's your host. Welcome, everyone, to Advisory Insights. This is Stuart Oberman, Oberman Law Firm. Well, we have a fantastic guest with us today on our podcast. Danielle McBride, who is a partner at Oberman Law Firm and who does an enormous amount of, of healthcare transactions on a national basis. Um, for those who, who are not familiar with, with our firm, uh, we are very, very healthcare-centered. Um, Last year, we did 135 transactions, and I believe the number was maybe about $350 million was our, our total uh, uh, total of, of the transactions. So through this craze that we're in, mergers and acquisitions, um, the tax consequences are so under underviewed that they got to get out in the forefront of these issues. Um, and Danielle McBride, who does a fabulous job with the firm um, and who is our resident tax guru, if you will, uh, and has a master's in tax is really going to walk us through some things. And I got some questions along the way that, that she will, uh, she'll answer hopefully. And, um, this is such an ongoing topic. We can talk about, you know, tax consequences for a day and not even cover everything on, on a, uh, on a merger and acquisition. So, uh, Danielle, welcome to the show again. Thanks, Stuart. Good to be here and uh, happy to uh, put some information out there so our buyers and sellers can be a little more educated. Yeah, it's, uh, on it's these amazing. Topics. It, it is amazing so, how many questions you receive and, and we all receive on, on these deals and, and how uninformed some advisors are. And I want you to you know, touch on that later on or, or during the, uh, the podcast. But, you know, some, I, I want to talk about some of the things you run into um, on, these, on these sales from a tax side. You've got goodwill, you've got you know, uh, you explain, you know, you got personal versus corporate, you got, you know, C versus S corporations, you know, you've got reporting issues. Um, I know this is a, is a, again, it's a, it's a long, long, long conversation that we could have on this. Um, and I know you'll, you'll drill it down to, um, the basics, which, uh, will not cover all the details. So t- tell us, tell us, sure. you know, I want to know what you're running into on some of these sales. Sure. So, you know, basic tax consequences, I think a lot of that information is out there. You've got a sale of tangible assets, a sale of goodwill, capital gain on goodwill, tax uh, treatment is ordinary income on the sale of tangible assets. But it gets much more complicated uh, and there can be a lot more detail involved depending on the type of entity that someone has. So if your seller is, say, a C corporation uh, versus an S corporation or an LLC, a C corporation has an entity level tax. It's not a pass through entity, which means that there is a tax on the sale of uh, any assets from the corporation first. And then you've got your shareholders receiving distributions of the balance of that. Uh, and so there's a double taxation issue on uh, the goodwill. Could, could be a goodwill uh, double taxation issue if your corporation owns the goodwill and sells it. So that's where personal goodwill is kind of a key component and most important in these um, in these C corporation sales. And we still have a lot of uh, older uh, uh, C corporations that are out there in the in the healthcare uh, world. So you want to make sure that you're looking at that. 
um, not only C corporations, but S corporations, if a C corporation elected S corporation status, um, they have a five-year window during which they still get treated uh, if they sell assets like they're a C corporation. They call it a built-in gains tax. So you've got to be aware if you're a C corporation or a C that elected S status and you haven't met your five-year built-in gains tax window, um, personal goodwill in those cases is just key because you're going to avoid a double taxation issue if you set up the transaction properly using personal goodwill instead of having the corporation own and sell all of the assets. That's a good point. So it could be a huge tax difference here. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's something you got to talk to your advisors about, make sure that it's being structured properly, make sure your contracts have those things specifically listed in it. And the sellers are listed as both a personal, uh, personal seller selling personal goodwill and corporations selling the assets. Um, you know, and then, uh, that even goes down to payments as well. Make sure if you're getting personal goodwill and it's a key, key component in this C corporation or what we call sort of a non-ripe S corporation, um, you know, the, the payment and all of the, all the documentation needs to track in order to protect that personal goodwill concept and keep you from paying twice on the goodwill. A non-right election? Corporation? Non-ripe. Right. Okay. We call it a non-ripe S election when you have when you've elected S corporation status and you have that five-year built-in gains tax window that you have to meet. You know, you just mentioned a couple of things. Um, you know, do you run into cases where the CPAs one don't understand transactions or two, they don't get involved early enough? Yeah, absolutely. And the latter is is the most uh, what I see most often. The, the clients are hesitant to get their accountants involved early in the transaction. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that I see made is not involving that CPA. And there are lots of good CPAs out there um, that understand and work in these dental transactions. Um, you know, and, you know, they just need to be brought into the, you know, they need looped in. Um, and they need to help talk about personal versus corporate goodwill if there are, you know, tax attributes that the corporation could use, uh, you know, some things allocated to corporate goodwill versus personal goodwill because they've got, you know, things to, uh, you know, corporate tax attributes to use up. I mean, the CPA is in a position to know these things. Uh, and uh, they're also the first line of defense if a transaction gets audited, um, you know, so they need to be involved from from the beginning and everybody needs to be on the same page. So I always say um, practice transitions, practice sales, business sales, they're a, they're a team uh, sport uh, and you need to have all your team players on the field when you're when you're trying to work through these things. I don't know. Some transactions are a blood sport. I don't know about a team sport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, That's when we get the corporate I, transactions involved, I, and it gets more complicated. I, I, because- you know, I, and, and I know you run into this. You know, when everyone is ready to quit the deal, right? I mean, everyone's like, yeah. "I'm done with this. I can't do this anymore. I'm sick of this. I'm done." We're about one day away from, from finalizing the deal, aren't we? It's just it yeah. just gets to yeah. that that stage. Now, you you yeah. you you also mentioned a couple okay. things. You mentioned you know at, at the end of the, at the end of the transaction, there's got to be a true up of of allocations that have to be reported to the IRS. How important right. how important right. is that, and what form is that? 
That is very important. And it's often overlooked and most, most clients uh, don't understand this and don't know anything about it as well. Uh, it's a form 8594. So in a, a sale transaction, you have to report the transaction to the IRS. That gets done on a form 8594. That should be prepared by the accountants. Another reason accountants need looped into this because they're the ones that ultimately prepare that form 8594 to submit to the IRS. Um, so in the documents, it's important to have the price allocation spelled out so that the accountants can properly report this because it's the same as, um, you know, if you uh, accidentally forget to report that you got a 1099 or a W-2 from an employer, um, you're going to wind up audited because the IRS gets reporting from from both sides of a transaction. So if you if you don't submit an 8594 or you submit one that's different than the other party, it's going to flag you for an audit. Now, now I got one question that 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 we've run into on occasion. What happens if the buyer wants to set a floating sales price that is spread out through the years where let's say they don't they, they say if you hit this target, you know, this this is a sale price. And that may go on for two or three years. How complex mm-hmm. is that? And how problematic is that for the seller who has who doesn't know what, what in the world to do with his taxes? Yeah, and that so that is also a reason to have your accountant involved because there are certain ways that you can report that. And you know, that may get reported as an installment sale. And those numbers, <laughs> you don't want to report it on that initial tax form that goes in because you may or may not receive those amounts those amounts could be treated as an installment sale and you don't get taxed until you actually receive the funds. Oh, wow. Okay. So <laughs> that sounds like another podcast. So <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it, it truly is amazing. Uh, you know, in this brief, brief segment that you've touched on, you've touched on corporate goodwill, personal versus corporate, C versus S corporation, reporting, you know, 850, 850, um, and you've touched on um, installment sales. I mean, it, it is truly amazing on, on what has to be done on a tax side from a sale, whether it is a small sale or you know, uh, or a forty-four million dollar sale, which we've handled um, on on a transaction. So, I, I like to say this: we, we could talk seven days on the, on the, on on these topics. But um, in closing. Is there anything you'd want to add um, advice that we can give, you know, our listeners on what they want to do um, on a, on a, before they start getting into the meat of this transaction or a transaction? Well, make sure you reach out to your advisors. If you've got letters of intent, make sure you show those to your advisors uh, and go through those. Make sure you're thinking about the structure and the, and the tax allocations uh, and, uh, and make sure you understand uh, the terms of the deal. Um, you know, things like personal versus corporate goodwill. Um, you know, another thing we didn't even touch on that I see as a big issue is accounts receivable and how that's going to be handled. Here's another podcast. You're making a career that, out of this. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're <laughs> you're going to keep me in business. We're going we're gonna to have, we're going to have the Daniel McBride show in here, here in a minute. I'm just, I'm just, they're going to give me the hook. <laughs> <laughs> You've already teed up seven seven episodes here. It's like a yeah. uh, it's like a version of a Game of Thrones. Jeez, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it's it, it again. It is amazing, and you've done an amazing job since joining the firm. We're so happy to have you. Um, you, you bring so much gravitas to the table that um, uh, 
uh, again, is you know we're, we're definitely going to have you back on on the show. So in parting, um, if you need to reach uh, Danielle, uh, please feel free to email her at Danielle D A N I E L L E at Oberman Law for ObermanLaw dot com. Uh, phone number seven seven zero eight eight six two four zero zero. Folks, it's been an absolute pleasure. And we hope that you've at least taken away one, you know, golden nugget of this. And if so, we'll consider this podcast an absolute success. Danielle, thank you again. Uh, and I know you got a uh, convention to, uh, to go to, and uh, we appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks and have a fantastic day. Thank you for joining us on Advisory Insights. This show is brought to you by Oberman Law Firm, a business-centric law firm representing local, regional, and national clients in a wide range of practice areas, including healthcare, mergers and acquisitions, corporate transactions, and regulatory compliance.